Hey guys, guess what? What? It's Blue's Clues time. We just got a letter. We just got a lot of letters. A lot of letters. So excited. Um, Hey, do you have a story about anything that we cover on this show? Like creepy, cryptid, otherworldly, haunted, urban legends, lore, and all of those things? You should type up your story with a beginning, a middle, and an ad in a really cool subject line. And if you kiss up to us at the beginning of the email, it's certainly not going to hurt getting you read on <laughs> the episodes. But send it to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. So I had a friend, Lindsay, send in a story she recorded on her phone. Um, I've, she sent it quite a few months ago, and Wait. I just found it on my computer again, and she sent another recording with it. But I lost that one. But this is Lindsay's story, and it's awesome. If you guys want to record your story on your phone and just email it to us, you can do so at oddityfilescrew at gmail. Go ahead, Linz. Okay, this is Lindsay. I am a skeptic when it comes to paranormal activity and ghosts and spirits. However, I live in a place where I feel like I can't get away from it. Um, I live in Hendersonville, North Carolina, in the mountains, um, and there is a lot of folklore, a lot of legends, a lot of ghosts, a lot of spirits, um, especially in Asheville, North Carolina, which is about 20 minutes away from me. Um, back in the early 1900s, it was a the place to go because it was in the mountains, fresh air, people with um, tuberculosis, is that it? Oh my gosh, I probably sound like an idiot. They would build uh, houses with wraparound decks and people who, well, they would just put people outside to get fresh air because of the fresh mountain air. And this also talks about um, an era where malaria was still a high problematic disease in the southern, southern United States. But the, what I want to talk about is the pink lady of the Grove Park Inn. Um, if you research Asheville, North Carolina, um, you're most likely to see the Grove Park Inn. Um, it is a very old, uh, beautiful brick or maybe, uh, not brick, um, stone hotel that was built in the early 1900s, I believe, 1913, 14. So, um, this inn is pretty popular. It's been around for a while. Um, a lot of famous people stayed there. Uh, George Gershwin, Harry Houdini, F. Scott Fitzgerald, uh, Barack Obama stayed there, but there is a resident, uh, much loved phantom what this um what they're claiming that she is a kindly spirit um and she, uh you can see her or just see like a pink aura in the halls of this um of this beautiful in um and she's been around for at least 100 years so she is apparently um said to be the spirit of a young woman um who fell uh, fell to her death from a balcony on the 5th floor of the inn in um, the 1920s. So when we were younger, my family, um, my grandmother paid for us to spend like a weekend at the Grove Park Inn, like have access to the pool and the spa, and we were wined and dined. Well, I wasn't wined because I was younger. But um, he uh, apparently, um, I had, I remember feeling even at a very young age, kind of an unease there. And um, I had no idea about this pink lady, ghost, spirit, whatever. Um, so I do believe in this, even though I claim to be a skeptic. Um, so 
little more about the pink lady. Um, there are a couple stories about her and how she met her end. Some say that she had come to the inn um, with a for an evening with her married lover and that she threw herself from the balcony when he called um, and actually to end the affair. And then um, it also looks like there are other reports saying she was a young debutante who accidentally slipped and fell. So anyway, she agree. Uh, people, anybody who's ever come in contact with her says she's a good-natured and kind spirit. She does enjoy the company of children, which makes sense. I was a child when I first kind of felt her presence, and I've been there a lot later in life, bringing my daughter there, and I have not felt her presence there since um, and it looks like uh, this says she's willing to uh, reveal herself to children more than adults. Um, she's been seen by the beds of children who were taken ill during a stay at the inn, speaking softly to them and gently stroking their hands. Um, and there is an actually a famous case of um, her where a doctor who had been staying with his family at the Grove Park Inn uh, left a note where um, he checked out asking if the staff asking the staff to thank the lady in the pink ball gown and that his children told him how much they enjoyed playing with her during their stay. Um, so that's pretty pretty cool. Um, apparently she likes to play small pranks. Um, she turns on lights, um, messes with air conditioners, electronic devices, turning them off and on, and she rearranges objects in certain uh, in rooms. Um, she'll also wake a sleeping guest with a good tickling on the feet. Um, so... Uh, this is actually a spirit that I believe I encountered when I was younger. And I love you guys. And thanks for listening. Bye. Well, I've got stories. I have stories as well. They're not my stories. I'm going to start with this one. So this is called, subject line, more stories. Hmm. Hello, Kitty, Clayton, and DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. Corey here again. First of all, thanks for reading my second story on episode three. I love that we have return people on each episode. It's like the saga of their haunted lives. Um, it's a thrill anytime I hear one of my experiences being shared. Here are some more experiences I've had and not all at the same place. Around the same period as the drink making ghosts. Nope. Around the same period as the drink-making ghost, another common occurrence involved f- flying kitchen utensils. No, I just imagine knives and things flying across a kitchen. <laughs> Couldn't even get the words out, which I normally can anyway. Uh, to set the scene, this restaurant was basically a beefed-up concession area, and we had a number of objects at our disposal, such as spoons, tongs, etc., And we had a chip warmer for our nachos. Oh, I would eat from that all the time. More often than not, we had a set of tongs sitting on the chip warmer. And being that this place was pretty, quote, active, unquote, for spirits, those spirits saw fit to toss the tongs from the chip warmer to the floor. Why not? That's right. They didn't fall off. They got tossed off. Usually we just tell the resident spirit, quote, Charlie, unquote, to knock it off, and he would. I love those stories where they're, like, so familiar with the guys. Like, dude, All right, quit get it. Out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Later on, when I was moved from the first restaurant, I supervised the one where I invoked the poltergeist, oops, back to the one I started at as a regular employee. 
I had an office in a back hallway, which was all kinds of fun during the graveyard shift. More often than not there, I would hear more phantom footsteps than anything. In my eagerness to discover what was making those noises one night, I accidentally scared the shit out of a friend of mine in a different department. (laughs) Needless to say, I never found the source of those noises either. There are so many things that happened there to nearly everyone that worked there. It It would take me months to write them all down. Well, I mean, at this point, Corey, we need a story from you just about every episode. So, (laughs) Finally, for something a little different, this story is about a dream visitation. Hmm. So many theories about that. I can't recall if you guys have covered this yet, but dream visitation is something that absolutely fascinates me. A few years back, my favorite history teacher from high school passed away not long after he retired. We had spent time online catching up and catching sage advice from him. So this was a heavy loss for me and many others. Not long after the funeral, I'd say at least a week after, I had the most vivid dream. It started with me alone in a room, perhaps his classroom, when suddenly he appeared. His appearance was odd, though, as he had his shape, but he shined, and none of his features were visible. Oh, that's creepy. When I say he shined, imagine the special effects they use for Star Trek to beam me up scenes, (laughs) but with a lot more silver. Okay. Okay. That's a good visual right there. We stood there staring at each other, no words spoken, when we both reached for a hug. It was at that moment the dream ended, but I had the most amazing feeling of calm, just like when my grandfather's cigarette scent showed up in my car. Thanks again for all you guys do, Corey. Have you you. ever had a visitation dream? I don't think so. I did after my dad passed. Really? And it's still like the most vivid dream I've ever had. I don't remember what he said, but I just remember that feeling where it's like... Oh my God, there you are. Right. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and there was a hug too. Oh. And it was like, I was literally hugging him. Ah. That, that was a beautiful crazy. story, Corey. So this story comes from an anonymous sender. Okay. They said, just ask any questions. If you have them, please know I don't usually talk or share personal events in my life, especially since my car accident. Only a small handful of um, people know of these two stories. But when I saw your post... And I know you folks already thought it was okay to, already knew you folks, I knew it was okay to share them with you. So it says one, the car wreck of 95. It was Halloween 1995. My new fiance went to New York City while I stayed behind to catch up on college art projects. She called and then, and the connection was a lot of static in the background. The doorbell rang and I went up with the gish, with the candy dish out. One of the ghouls was dressed up in the same outfit my fiance was wearing as a goth girl, right down to the colored hair extension add-ons. Oh, wow. I went back to the phone. We tried to talk more, but the static got louder. The last thing I heard was, just want you to know I love. And it, and it just cut out. The next day, I was in classes during lunch break. I wanted to get my fiance a gift for her to meet her at the bus station later that night. I started to walk to my car, and something just didn't seem right. I brushed it off as just being overtired or hungover. I got to my car. A voice out of nowhere clearly said, don't go anywhere. I got in the car and started the engine. Then everything was pure silent. From the back seat again, I clearly heard, Please, don't leave the parking lot. I turned back, nothing. No one was in the back seat. I was alone. I left the parking lot. 
Next thing I remember, I wake up hours later in the ICU. Someone had hit me head on when they missed their highway off ramp exit. Oh my God. Two priests were standing next to my bed. Oh, wow. So now it says two, the ghost of Tokyo streets. Fast hmm. forward to 2007, Tokyo, Japan, walking around in between tourist stuff and meeting with friends. One of my many visits to Japan, nothing unusual. Bright, sunny, warm fall day. I took some photos at Shibuya Station and Hachiko Memorial. Hachiko Thank was God a you got famous that one. dog decades ago that would wait at the station for its owner. Aww. The memorial is now a popular meeting spot for couples and new dates. After crossing the famously crowded Shibuya Square, something caught my eye from across the street. It was a strange woman. Disheveled hair, a cardigan-style sweater, and an odd orange pocketbook. The clothes were not of any present-day trends in Japan, seemed more like 40s or 50s. Wow. We made eye contact, and I was struck with the coldest chills I've ever experienced. The woman had no facial expression, and she had no legs below her knees. I thought I was tired from the time difference and jet lag. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and continued down to Harajuku Square. There was the woman, standing right by the train station there. I turned around and headed back to Shibuya and went into a burger joint to get something to eat. I got my order, turned around to find a seat. The woman was sitting in the back in the eating area. We made eye contact again and again, the same frigid ice cold chills from my neck down my spine. Wow. No one else seemed to even notice that she was there. It was as if I was the only one that was, that knew she was there. Sorry, that was worded weird. It's, so weird, though. Agreed. She also still had no legs below her knees. I asked the girl at the counter to bag my lunch and half ran out of this place, swiftly headed for Maiji Shrine area. I found a remote place to sit. Look around. The woman with the orange pocketbook was gone. A lot of strange things have happened to me in my life before and especially in Japan. But this tops the truly scariest moments I've ever had. It's like following him. No, that's but also like super creepy. Just like how unique looking, like yeah, would be like oh, could be the same person. Like absolutely, yeah. I mean, all the way to the orange pocketbook. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. And also the voice in the in the car. In the car that was scary. That's so scary. Literally one of my biggest nightmares. Oh, absolutely. Like someone being in my backseat. Oh, I thought you were talking about the car accident. Both. Oh, that too. <laughs> Okay, I have one titled Subscriber Story Dash My Best Friend Was a Ghost. Oh. Interesting. This is from Random Xander. First off, I'm a huge fan. Keep up the amazing work. I adore this podcast and the Amazon show. Thanks for accepting subscriber stories. I've always been able to see spirits and ghosts. I've even been pronounced dead, only to gasp what? and yeah only to gasp and return to life like nothing has changed. There's a theory that if people have near-death experiences, that they're more susceptible to hmm. paranormal activity. I don't know if it's true or not. Okay. <clears throat> I have never really been a social person, found that speaking with the living is a challenge. Same. But when I was a young boy, my best friend was a little girl named Abby. She was sweet. We loved playing hide-and-seek, would often spend long, hot Nebraska summers chatting about the silliness of our families. Funny thing was, she was always in my house. She never came from the neighborhood or 
come and knocked on my door. She would just show up in my bedroom door with a big loving grin, and she would set off playing like kids do. Mm. I didn't put a lot of thought into it, why she never asked my mom about staying the night at my house or why her father didn't mind her spending so much time at my house. I just thought she was lucky to be able to do so. When I turned seven, though, my growing family decided to move. I was devastated. All I could think about was the house I loved and the little girl I would play with. I begged that she would stay with me and play with me because my younger siblings were too big to play my games. I'm going to say my older siblings were too big to play my games. We finally moved. Within a day or so, I noticed that Abby would be there waiting to play with me. That's when my brain registered it. She was a ghost. She had followed me to my new home, and I was incredibly happy. Most (laughs) children would be like, oh, my God, a ghost. But this one, no, yay, Abby's here. (laughs) As I aged, I decided to do some research on the previous house. The house I had lived in had been the home of a doctor. In 1917, influenza swept through my city, killing a large group of my population. The doctor had used the home as a makeshift hospital, which happened so often. Sadly, his daughter, Abigail, passed away in the outbreak. Her little spirit is still at my mother's house. My mother, like myself, is a Romani spiritualist, and we always welcome kind spirits. Same until I can't anymore. (laughs) I see spirits every day, actually. I see them as though they are normal, regular people. I described my doctor's grandfather, who always promised to protect her, standing at her side. But all in all, I'm glad that every time I go to my mother's house, I can spend time with my best friend. I'm a little teary-eyed. She was always happy to see me. Thank you for reading. I have many more stories. Random Xander. It was beautiful. So So crazy, too. Imagine, like, doing that research and then finding out that, like, a child of the same name. I love it. So, oddly enough, this one is also from Random Xander. Oh, and it says, "Look at the good DJ Jimmy does." Right. If you read my first story, do you know that I see ghosts on a daily basis? Yes. I love having this gift, but it can get annoying sometimes. Eh, Yeah. I work at a hundred and nineteen-year-old building with a long and sorted history. Right now, it's a busy office that is host to many, many people. But as part of this history, my family has worked in the building nearly since its inception. My Great grandmother, my great grandmother, grandmother, aunts, and my mother all worked for the company at Miller and Payne. Now I work in the same building, which has been host to the best department store in the Midwest. It was an early morning in October, just before my vacation, when I came to work to get the office set up. I badged the door and then tiredly made my way to the light bank at the end of the row of cubicles. As I made my way to a bank, a very clear good morning and a cheery male voice suddenly greeted me. I replied good morning back, thinking nothing of it, then turned on the lights. As if the world lit up in a fluorescent white, I realized that there was no one in that part of the office with me. Oh my gosh. I rushed to a friend in another part and asked him if he had greeted me. He shook his head saying that he hadn't, but he heard the voice too. Oh. I shook my head with a smile and went about my day as if nothing different out of the usual. I called my great-grandmother, may she rest in peace, mm. and asked her what I had heard. Sure enough, she had my answer. 
It was Mr. Miller himself greeting me for the day, just as he had done with his employees at that same department What? Sometimes I see him bustling about things, checking on the employees, and now that now work in his pride and joy. I count myself lucky to have heard him. His cheery voice has greeted me several more times in the five years I've worked in that building. It's just a good morning greeting. Thanks again for reading. I have so many more stories. Send them because I love your stories. Yeah, that's cool. I have another story from Jeff. This title is Listener Story. Eh, Try a little harder next time, Jeff. Uh Just kidding. Just kidding. Hi, Kitsy and Clayton. Uh, Greetings from Cincinnati. I have a cool cool story to share with you. This actually happened to my wife last week. This was sent August 5th, so it's super current. And I asked her if I could share this with you, and she said yes. Well, thank you, wife. Normally on Monday nights, my wife goes and hangs out with a family friend. However, last Monday night, 8-5, she needed to finish a paper for school. So I took our four-year-old with me, and we headed out for a few hours to give her some time and space to work. Oh, that was nice. Before I go much further, I need to describe the layout of the house. We live in a two-bedroom condo, and our master bedroom is all the way across the house from the front door. Standing in our bedroom door, you are looking out into the living, dining, kitchen area. Big common room, basically. And to the left are the doors to our deck. Her desk is just inside the door of our bedroom. And while sitting at her computer, she can lean to the right and look out into our living area. Okay, got it. She was sitting at her desk and working away when something caught her attention in the living room. She looked up. And at first she thought it was me and my four-year-old and that we got home early, but then realized we were not and saw that she said what she said was a full body apparition about as tall as our four-year-old walk from the direction of the deck door across the room and disappear just before hitting the wall that is common with our and the next condo near the kitchen. So it was like walking. Yeah. Yeah. She sat there for a minute, as one would, I would imagine, and then got up, checked the house to make sure that all the doors were locked and no one was in the house with her. Oh, and our deck is on the third floor, so they couldn't have come in through the deck, of course. I asked her about it, thinking maybe it was a shadow person, but she said she could see a face and that it was not black or dark like a shadow. She also said it didn't look like him, in parentheses, our four-year-old son, or, oh God, not a doppelbaker. No, she's, she also said it didn't look like him, our son. Oh God, not a doppelganger. And wouldn't you know it, I have not yet finished the project of getting security cameras up in the house yet, (laughs) but you can bet I'm going to get one up and running tonight. While she is out, just in case. Oh, so he was worried it would be a doppelganger. Okay, sorry. I had a super duper brain fart there. Normally, there's not paranormal activity in our house. The complex we lived in was built in the late 90s, and there still isn't much weird history that I know of. And I'm going to start researching it anyway. Of course, land cursed possibility. Yeah. (laughs) Even if there was, I usually smudge the house every three to six months as kind of a cleansing house, so to speak. 
So this one was very unexpected. Totally. It's back to Monday, and I'm not sure I want to be alone in the house tonight. Understandably so. Where does the new cool and keep up the great work, Jeff? Jeff, we need... I want answers. What (laughs) happened next? Did you get the security camera footage up? Let us know. So my last story is from our friend April. It says, about 30 years ago, my mom had just come home from band practice. The house was empty. Her brothers were out and about. Her dad was at work and figured that her mom was out visiting one of the neighbors. She hadn't been home for more than a few minutes when the doorbell rang. She thought, oh, I bet just someone forgot their key. But a little voice inside her head said, remember what your father said. Turn on the porch light and look out the curtain before you open the door. Good father. Yes. So that's what I did. And what she saw still haunts her. What? There was a woman standing on the porch. She was in a red dress, stark white, petrified look on her face. (gasps) Dingy black hair with nails that had been broken, bloody and dirty as if she had just been, had just dug her way out of a grave. Oh my God. My mother screamed. (laughs) Yes. No one's home. (laughs) Shut off the light and ran into the other room. Not even two seconds later, her, her here comes my grandmother through the door. The woman was not seen nor any sight of her. So, of course, my mother has told me the story. Sure, sure, I thought it was far-fetched a bit growing up. However, in 2006, my, my mother, uncle, and I were at my grandparents' house one night. My grandparents had since passed, so we were going through some things at their house. My mom asked me to get something out of the car for her. As I'm bent over getting something out of the trunk, uh, I, I'm scared of where this is going. You know that feeling when you get someone is watching you comes over you. Mm-hmm. The hair on the back of your neck stands up and you can feel nothing but eyes on you. Well, that's what hit me. Someone was watching me. As I turned around, just across the street was a lady in red with a cynical grin on her face. No. Her hair was matted with sticks and leaves <gasps> and her nails were broken, bloody, and dirty as if she had just dug them out of a grave. Oh my I God. screamed bloody murder and ran for the house. Yes. My uncle and mom came busting out the door to see what I was screaming about. There was no one there. One night I was fast asleep. I had a dream that I was sitting in my computer room playing on the desktop. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see a girl sitting on the floor. She had jet black hair. Her skin was gray and her nails looked like she had been digging herself out of a grave. Kind of like the girl from the ring. So <laughs> I ran to the living room and let my parents know. My mom went one direction, my dad went the other, and I woke up. The next morning, I got up, walked downstairs to make sure it was just a dream. When I got to the place where the girl was sitting, there were dirty handprints on our carpet. No. That's scary. Uh Uh-uh. So then, about six years ago, a friend of mine died from leukemia. It was tough. Right after his funeral, I had a dream that I was at his visitation again. Everything was blue, though. I mean, everything. And this was really odd to me. There was this man and the woman standing by his casket grieving over him. As I approached to say my goodbyes to Davy, the man and the woman walked away. I thought it was because they wanted to respect my privacy. So I walk around to where Davy's head was lying in the casket, and I whisper a small prayer. At this point, I hear, April, tell them to leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. I looked around the room. Sorry, page turn. I looked around the room, but there was nobody there. Again, I heard April tell them to leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. At this point, the only other person, being the only other person in the room, I looked down at him. And I said his name questionably. And he said, April, tell them to leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. 
I'm just in shock that my dead friend just spoke to me. And all I could say back to him was, what? And again, he says, April, tell them to leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. I said, okay, Davey, I'll tell them. I'll tell them that you want to be left alone because you were trying to sleep. At this point, the biggest smile, a Davy smile, came across his face and I woke up. I was in tears, literal tears, because the loss of him was still so raw. Yeah. So I kept my dream to myself until after I was done with work. I kept saying it was just a dream. It was a just it was just a dream. When I got home, I finally broke. I told my mom about the dream, what Davy had said, the whole scene being blue, the man and the woman standing over his casket, everything. After I finished, my mom said, Abby, who's April's mom, or sorry, Abby, which is Davy's mom, called me earlier. She said Davy's dad and stepmom had gone to his grave in the middle of the night, took everything off of his grave that his friends and family and church members had <gasps> left him, and that they had just made a total mess of the grave. Oh, my God. Oh, I just got crazy That's, goosebumps. Wow. That's insane. Those are great. Oh, my gosh. All the great listener stories. Again, Thank this week. Thank you guys so much. Actually, this week, DJ Jimmy has a story. Yes. Get up so, on a mic, boy. A couple weeks ago, he went out of town with his family for a wedding. And he t- it was, like, fairly late one night. And he was like, I have a story that I have to tell on the podcast. And I was like, okay, but don't tell me. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I can be surprised. Hey, guys. It's deep. Wah, wah. Oh, this is weird. Okay. So, like Clayton said, I was just um, in Michigan seeing family, and I was there for a wedding, and it's my stepmom's family that, like, I hadn't really met before. Um, So, we were all just, like, we made a fire after the wedding, and, like, we were just chilling, and after a while, naturally, we decided to start telling some scary stories. Of course. Um, And it was amazing. But, uh, so, my uncle starts telling us a story about a time that he went camping mm. and let me preface this by saying that my uncle well my entire family they're very outdoorsy okay. they all live in vancouver um that's all there is is outdoors up yeah, there exactly that's all there is to do so i have two uncles that are involved in this story one is my uncle jay he's very like goofy and energetic and silly but not and like he's not really one to tell lies right? okay he and must then, be a Boy Scout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then my Uncle Tom, um, who is very, like, not serious, but he's more Straight like Straight laced. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they decided to go on a camping trip to this place uh, about 100 kilometers north. I don't know how long, how far that is. Nothing good north. happens in the woods aside from Sasquatch. Right. Go ahead. So it's like 100 kilometers north of Vancouver. It's called Stein Valley, Vancouver. Ooh. And how you get to it is... Um, you have to take a, a ferry across a body of water and you can take two cars at a time. And there's like very limited times throughout the day that the ferry runs two cars at a time. Okay. And what goes along with that is like once you're over there, once the ferry is, is done running, that's it. Like there's no way to get back to you're the You're stranded. Yeah. Yeah. You have to wait until morning. So they take the ferry over there. Um, once you get on the island, you have to drive to a trailhead and then you hike three kilometers which is two miles okay thank you because kilometers Um, are hard (laughs) two miles to the first campsite and from there there's a series of campsites that you can seems like a lot of walking but go ahead right so they made a weekend out of it they went out there they're like avid hikers they had been to stein valley before it was just like another weekend they just wanted to get away so they go hiking they get to the island 
Um, they make it to the first campsite two miles in. They have plenty of daylight. So they're like, okay, let's go to the second campsite. Boom. They go to the second campsite, have plenty of daylight. They're like, okay, let's just go on to the third and then we'll set up camp there. You know, so, this doesn't make any sense to me because camping for me is, is, is a motel six. Go ahead. <laughs> heard. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> So they make it to the third campsite. Where this campsite is, is it's right along a river. Okay. So you get a lot of like noise from the river. And they had hiked and camped together before. And my Uncle Jay knew from experience that Tom is terrible with snoring at night. So he just snores. So he decided that they should camp in separate tents. With so, a loud babbling brook right, to drown to out drown the snoring out. exactly yeah. so they decide to camp in two separate tents so they set up their camps whatever they go to sleep well in the middle of the night my uncle jay wakes up to this bright light shining on his tent what to a point where it woke him up that's yeah. how bright it was yeah and he woke up and he was very confused like because this was before you know crazy bright flashlights like we have now right. They're like one of very few people on this island and he has no idea where this, this light is coming from. So at first he thinks it's a boat on the river, like shining the light. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. But he keeps staring at it and he notices no movement and no shadows. What? So it's just this uninterrupted beam of light shining onto his tent. <gasps> so then he immediately assumes, okay, it's Tom fucking with me. Well, uh, yeah, so that would have been starts, my go-to. Yeah, he starts calling out. To Tom, saying, like, stop messing with me, whatever, just go back to sleep. Well, Tom doesn't respond. Uh-oh. So he was like, all right, this has to be somebody on this island who's here messing with me. So he made a plan that he had a Swiss Army knife, so he gets out a Swiss well, Army knife. Well, of course, knife. murder comes to mind. Right, yeah. exactly. And he was <laughs> like, I'm just going to run out there and try to scare away whoever is, is fucking with me yeah. right now. So he bends down, he unzips his tent. He unzips the vestibule, which apparently is like the outer covering of the tent. Okay, thank you, because I had no clue. <laughs> right. And he goes to run out of the tent. Well, as soon as he stands up, he looks up and the light is gone. No. There's no light. No. No movement. Nothing. Like, just silence. This is like some Close Encounters of the Third Kind shit. Exactly. So he is like next level freaked out. And he was like, nope, I'm just going to get back in my tent. I'm not even going to check on Tom. Just going to get back in the tent. Pretend it like it never morning. happened. Exactly. So he said he didn't get a wink of sleep that night. Once uh, daylight broke, so right around like 530, he works at the Kirsch, like go outside and, and go check on Tom. And he walked up to Tom's tent and like called his name. Um, he wasn't getting any response. <gasps> and he looks in. There's like a window, I guess, like a little net okay. in, in Tom's tent. And he looks in. And once Tom sees him. He freaks out and he's like, Jay, did anything happen to you? Like, oh my God, there was some weird shit happening outside. So and he was in the tent, terrified, afraid to say anything. Yes. <gasps> yes. So Jay was like, well, explain to me like what was going on. Yeah. And Tom said that he had heard like footsteps and voices outside no. of his tent. Um, and he was just like so freaked out. And Jay was like, well, did you go go outside and like and check it out and see what it was? And he said, no. I stayed right in this tent and did not move him off. Because, you know, tents can protect you. Not. (laughs) So Jay looks down and he goes, well, why is there mud on your feet? No. And why is there mud in your tent? And he was like, I don't fucking know, but I swear I did not leave this tent. So I guess 
there was mud all over the tent and Tom was missing a sock. No. To this day, they have no, like they never found it. Once they packed up all their stuff, they never found the sock and they don't know where it was. So I guess my Uncle Tom has like a history of sleepwalking. Okay. So yeah. They just chalked it up to that. They were freaked out. They packed all their stuff and just got the fuck out of there. And they were Understandably like, the so. Weekend. Yeah. So fast forward a year. Jay decides to go back because he's wow. a crazy ass. Apparently. Um, <laughs> right. He decides to go back. This time it's with his friend. I think it was a coworker. His name is Dennis. Okay. And they go back Left to the, the crazy island. sleepwalker at home. Right. Good choice. Right. He was like, <laughs> enough of the story. Um, so he goes back with Dennis. They go back to the same campsite that they went to before. He didn't tell him anything. Mm-hmm. He just didn't want to bring it up. Like yeah. He was like. I'm just going to pretend yeah. like it never decide, happened. Out of mind. It's yeah. not going to happen again. So they go to sleep that night. Same campsite. He's a little freaked out, but they go to sleep to a surprise and relief. Nothing happens. Oh, good. So Jay is fine. Well, he goes to check on his friend and essentially does the same thing. He walks up to his tent. Um, and I guess his friend is sleeping in like one of those little tiny tents that's like just for one person yeah. where like you can just lay down and that's it. And there are like windows on the side of it. So he calls for his friend, Dennis. He's like, Dennis, are you okay? No response. He mm-hmm. walks up to the tent and sees Dennis laying on his side with his eyes wide open, just like staring, like freaked out. And once he sees that Jay walks up to the tent, he freaks out and gets up. He was like, Jay, I don't know what the fuck was going on last night, but I heard voices around the tent and I was calling your name, but like they're right next to the water. The the water's loud. Yeah. And he wasn't getting any response from Jay. So he was like, I did not get out of the tent at all like i but i heard voices and jay asked him like what what were they saying like yeah. what did they sound like and he said i heard whispers right next to my head no right behind me and they were telling me to turn around no and he was like i did not Mm-mm. move Mm-mm. at all no nope. like i just got yep. this um so obviously Jay is like, well, fuck this place. <laughs> yeah, I hope he never went back. So oh. he decides to go back a third time. Okay. Well, but, now he's just a glutton for punishment. Right. So he goes back a third time. This time it was with his friend who, I forget her name, but she, um, I guess she claims that she's like very in tune with like the spiritual realm and yeah. she can like sense things. And I don't think she claims to be like a medium, but she's just like sensitive. An empath sensitive, yeah. Right, exactly. So he goes back. He doesn't tell her anything that happened. She just, he just wanted to see like what she felt. Yeah. It's like his own secret investigation. Exactly. (laughs) So they hike out to the same campsite and he was like, we're going to stay here for the night. And she immediately was like, no, we're not. We're not staying here. She was like, fuck this place. Good for her. I cannot stay here. I get bad vibes here. We are not spending the night here. So they pack up and they just go home. So I was looking into this place. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called Stein Valley. Okay. The full name is Stein Valley Nlakapamu Heritage Park. Okay. It's a sacred protected native ground. And that's how you get hauntings. And that's how you get hauntings. <laughs> I guess the word Stein comes from like a native word in their language. It means hidden place and the land was uh an important spiritual land for the first nations in the area yeah you shouldn't have slept there jay so that was stein valley 
That's awesome. Yeah. He told another story too. I recorded it on my phone. I didn't want to ask him like, can I record you? Because I like just met him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I recorded it. Hopefully the, the quality is good and we can just throw it into another episode. Awesome. Thanks for letting me share, guys. Uh, that was so good. I thought Stein, I'm like, when did Germans go to Canada? But yeah. Love it. Thank you. Well, guys, this has been episode number something or another because numbers are hard for me. And we appreciate you guys sending in these stories. I have so much fun rating them all. Um, send yours in today, oddityfilescrew at gmail. Or you can also voice record it yourself if you feel like you're really good at telling stories. Just take your phone's little voice recorder out, make sure you're in a nice little quiet area, and record it and then send it to that same email address. And if it's good, we'll also play it. Absolutely. Clayton, any last parting words? No. So... DJ Jimmy, he was using my mic to tell that story, so it wasn't like I just left the room. No, he totally <laughs> laughed. He said, fuck you guys. No, but just kidding. <laughs> um, but Weird is the new cool and ghost on. See you next time. Dun, dun, dun.